Hey everybody, it's JP. Today we are reviewing the Starbucks Peppermint Mocha, the Starbucks Holiday Turkey and Stuffing Panini, and the Lindor Peppermint Cookie Chocolates. Let's eat. Hi, welcome to Junk Foodies, the podcast where we talk about the food your parents said would spoil your appetite. My guest today is Bromar. Say hi, Bromar. Hey, what's going on? Not a whole lot. How are you doing out there? I'm doing pretty good so far. A little busy, but pretty good. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, I, I know part of that busy was me having you run around to try and find stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have to say, uh, you're the first guest, so I'm going to do a a theme for the month of December of all Christmas stuff. I'm going to call it the 12 Treats of Christmas. So you're the first guest that's going to be part of that. So congratulations on being the first. But that also took a little extra coordination because of all the limited edition holiday stuff. And as previous guests have discovered, sometimes stuff that you have access to, I don't, and, and vice versa. So thanks for your patience with all that. No, absolutely. No problem. And what do you uh, do out there? You, you have a podcast of your own, I understand. Yes, it's called The Bromar Show. It's just basically anything I can pretty much talk about. <laughs> okay, so just you kind of waxing philosophical on all kinds of different topics. Yes. <laughs> cool, cool. We'll talk a little bit more about that at the end of the show, but let's, let's start talking food. So as a reminder, uh, Bromar, the, uh, the way it works is we have a star rating system that will rate all of our items at the end of the show. One star is kind of indifferent. I, I wouldn't pick it up again. Two stars, I'd look for this particular product again. And three stars is like, oh my God, this is amazing. I want more now. Make sense? Mm -hmm. Cool. Now, before we get started on our drink today, uh, I do have a few questions for you. What is your typical drink of choice? It's, I mean, water, of course, because we yeah. have to keep ourselves healthy. Yeah. But usually what I go to is tea, not so much of like an espresso or coffee drinker. Okay. It's usually for like desperate times, like I really need to stay up, but usually tea is like my main relaxer or go-to. Okay. And are you uh, like a black tea guy, green tea? More like a sweet tea kind of guy. Okay. So hot or cold? Hot. Hot. All right. So you like it sweet and hot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, any particular memory that you have that sticks out uh, revolving around junk food? I mean, the last one I can think of is just mixing a hot drink with alcohol. I, I think it was, might have been hot chocolate. We mix hot chocolate with like a Jim Bean. Okay. And it, it, it was amazing. I actually was skeptical about it at first, but it was really, really good. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that sounds pretty good. I'm, I'm a, a bourbon fan and I like hot chocolate. So those are two of my favorite things in one cup. How could you go wrong? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> when you're snacking, so when you're not eating a, a regular meal, what's your go-to snack between meals? Tipic could be either cookies mm -hmm. are my go-to. And cookies, are you like a chocolate chip guy? Are you... All of the above, like what's uh, what's your favorite cookie? What's your go-to cookie? Chocolate chip, then macadamia nut. Uh, rarely I do raisins, but occasionally I will eat them sometimes. Okay, so you're not totally against the idea of a raisin and a cookie. I know that some people are, you know, just can't stand that idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like the uh, the macadamia nut one with the, the white chocolate chips as well. That's... Uh, mm -hmm. That's really nice. So do you make your own cookies or are you typically uh, picking up like a pre-made product or what's your preference there? 
I pick them up as a pre-made product. Uh, I did bake cookies a couple times before, which not bad at it, but I could definitely do better. But usually, <laughs> it, since it's time-consuming, requires a lot of planning and right. orchestration, I'll just go ahead and just pick the box up from the store. Yeah. Well, you know, the we have a wealth of options when it comes to that kind of stuff. So making it yourself, you really have to kind of love it, I think, or be really good at it to, to justify mm. going through all the trouble of making it when it's just easy to, you know, to toss a box in your, in your cart when you're at the store. And what's one item that you don't understand why it's so popular, like you find it inexplicably popular that you just can't stand? At some point, the Ariana Grande kind of egg drink that was released at Starbucks was one that became popular for like, a little while. I mean, after that, I haven't heard anything from it, but I just yeah. did not understand. And I think the most interesting part about that is I think it had egg as an ingredient. Okay. I'd, I'd have to look this up. I don't, I don't remember hearing about this. Maybe this was something that was happening more uh, down in the U.S. than in Canada, but a drink with egg in it at Starbucks. And it had something to do with Ariana Grande. She was tied into it somehow? Yes. Okay. Well, I, that's, I guess I'd have to look into the drink, but my initial thought on hearing that is, thank you, next. Um, yeah, I think it was like around <laughs> that time it was released, yeah. Okay, wow, that's that's interesting. Well, that brings us to the, the beverage, and I'm glad you mentioned the Starbucks beverage, because that's going to tie right into what we're talking about today. But before we actually review the beverage, some fun facts about our drink today. After successfully launching the gingerbread latte in 2000, the research and development team at Starbucks was tasked with exploring ideas for the next holiday beverage. A group of about 10 partners worked on tasting new beverage concepts. The group was truly cross-functional, including partners from operations, finance, and supply chain. The team tried a few different flavors that would resonate with customers during the holiday, including an idea for a white chocolate cranberry beverage. But they quickly landed on a peppermint flavor twist on the classic cafe mocha, inspired by the flavors of traditional holiday candies. From there, the team refined the recipe, finding the perfect combination of rich Starbucks espresso with bittersweet mocha sauce, peppermint syrup, and steamed milk, topped with whipped cream and a sprinkle of red sugar sprinkles. The beverage was introduced to Starbucks customers for the 2002 holiday season and quickly became the most popular holiday beverage in Starbucks history. It's still the most loved holiday beverage on the menu today, served at more than 30,000 stores in 80 markets around the world, and available hot, iced, and blended. Its recipe has changed only a little in that time. It's now made with 2% milk as the standard and with dark chocolate curls instead of red sprinkles. Okay, so Bromar, the drink we uh, settled on was the Starbucks Peppermint Mocha, a, a seasonal drink this time of year. One of their, I don't know, they have three or four, I think. So what were your thoughts on this particular beverage? It reminded me a lot of hot chocolate because I've actually done this with hot chocolate before. I've also put in like a peppermint candy in the hot chocolate and let it melt. Okay. And I mean, it tastes so similar to it. And I mean, you can taste a little bit of the coffee because clearly it is you know, an espresso or coffee drink. Yeah. So, but what were your, what did you like about it? What did you dislike about it? Like what the, you reminds you of this, uh, like the, the peppermint uh, hot chocolate that you've made before. So that sounds like a, a good thing. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, I guess the only thing I don't like about it is it's only around the holidays, but I mean, it's fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> so I think I, I think I get the sense that this was a positive experience for you, that you really liked this drink. Yes. 
Yeah, I um, I don't know that I've ever had it before, so I didn't really know, uh, you know, what to expect going in. I mean, mm-hmm. at peppermint mocha, you know, it's going to taste like chocolate and peppermint and coffee. And with Starbucks, you know, it's, it's a bit of a crapshoot because sometimes you can get a really sweet drink and, and other times not so sweet. So I didn't know if it would be overly sweet. Um, right away when I got it, I liked the presentation. They had that that whipped cloud of whipped cream on top with the chocolate curls. So mm-hmm. one thing uh, Starbucks does really well is their, uh, their whipped cream, they, you know, their whipped cream game is on point and I'm a, a fan of whipped cream. And uh, so, you know, was, right away I was, I was looking forward to drinking this. So I, you know, got my milk mustache going on the, digging into that whipped cream with the chocolate curls. I was surprised that, I guess I was thinking it might be more of like a, a milk chocolate flavor, but to me, and maybe this is what the coffee is bringing to the mix it was more of a, almost like a dark chocolate. Like I had a bit more of a, I mean, it, it was sweet for sure, but a bit more of a bittersweet. And, and again, that just may be what the coffee brings to the mix. Uh, the mint was very strong and what you would expect from, you know, a, a peppermint beverage. So like mm-hmm. you said, yeah, it had that kind of peppermint candy, um, both in, in smell and taste. It was maybe a little stronger on, on the mint. would have liked to have maybe had, you know, them dialed back the mint a little bit and maybe been a little more chocolatey. Um, but overall, it was, uh, it was a really solid drink. So any other thoughts on the peppermint mocha from you? I mean, I'm, I'm not sure if the, because I guess it was a little bit different here. I don't think, I mean, I got this to go, so maybe that's why they didn't put the whipped cream on it. Oh, okay. um, Yeah, so, I mean, typically to-go items, they just omit the whipped cream or less requested to. But other than that, it's been pretty, pretty positive experience with the peppermint mocha. All right. Well, moving on to the savory part of our discussion, do you consider yourself to be a, a sweet person or more of a savory guy? I would say more of a savory guy. Okay. Uh, yeah, there's been several instances where I've, I've had sweet stuff and ended up just not liking them because they were either too sweet or not right. the right sweet I was looking for. So if you're at a party and there's like a, a bowl of candy and a bowl of chips, you're probably more likely to be attracted to the chips and dip than like the candy and the sweet stuff. Yes, most certainly. Gotcha. Okay. When you were growing up, what was your most common after-school snack? Most common after-school snack, I would say, were were Lay's. Mm. Yeah, chips. So I guess that's why I'm more of a <laughs> savory yeah, person now. Yeah, going way back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and did you have a, a specific flavor you liked with Lay's? Is you the original? Or I want to say there was one with onion. Okay. Which it's okay. weird because I don't like onion on burgers or on entrees or any food or anything, but yeah. on chips, for some, if they have the flavor, it's, it's good for me. Okay. Like a sour cream and onion? Is that maybe what it was? I, it might have been that, honestly. Yeah. Okay. And so you were a Lay's family growing up. Now, you know, you're, you're out on your own now. If you're buying a chip, or do you still go to Lay's? Or do you, are you more of a Ruffles guy? Or, or what's your chip of choice these days? I feel like now more of like a Ruffles guy. Okay. Uh, sometimes I go Doritos. And let's see, or something at least hot or spicy. Ah, now you're talking my language. Yeah, I, I yeah. like the, the, <laughs> like the flaming hot and that kind of stuff. I like that stuff. Yeah. And what would you say? And maybe you've already answered this, but you know, nowadays, what is your favorite treat? Like, if you're going to treat yourself to something, you know, a snack or a treat, or you know, you're picking something up, what's your go-to? I would say, I don't know if they actually have them over in Canada, like you said. But there's these type of kind of cookies that have like icing on top of them, and then they have 
sprinkles. I don't remember what they call them here. Okay. But it's usually like a very soft, crumbly type cookie crust. And then the yeah. icing is kind of like on top of it. And I mean, those are my absolute go-tos if like I'm craving a snack or something. All right. So interesting that even though you're a savory guy, you're, you're, uh, your go-to indulgence is a cookie. I thought that's interesting. But yeah, like you like a chewy cookie more than like a, a crispy or a crunchy cookie. Yeah. It's probably because it's most, most of the part of the cookie is just the, the crust. And then sometimes what I tend to do is I will have them with milk. Yes, the classic combination, cookies and milk. You can't go wrong, right? Yeah. <laughs> and I assume these cookies uh, underneath the icing is, is chocolate chip? No, it's just uh, the cookie crust. It's just like a very soft oh, cookie okay. crust. Is, yeah. Like a, almost like a sugar cookie. Yeah, almost. Okay. You know, even though we're talking about cookies, now it's time to review our savory snack today. But for some fun facts on that... It is not known when stuffings were first used. The earliest documentary evidence is in a Roman cookbook, which contains recipes for stuffed chicken, dormouse, hare, and pig. Most of the stuffings described consist of vegetables, herbs, spices, nuts, and spelt in old cereal, and frequently contained chopped liver, brains, and other organ meats. Names for stuffing include farce from the late 1300s, stuffing from the mid-1500s, force meat, mid-1600s, and relatively more recently in the United States, dressing, 1850. Starbucks released a sandwich honoring this classic holiday combination in 2014, described as a roasted turkey panini topped with an herbed cranberry stuffing and a spread of delicious turkey gravy served on warm toasted focaccia bread. Still selling strong five years later, it seems it's become a new tradition for many of their customers. So let's talk about the holiday turkey and stuffing panini from Starbucks. This is an item I guess you've not tried before. Mm -hmm. And what were your thoughts on it? What did you think of it? I'm not usually a huge like turkey and stuffing fan. Okay. I mean, I don't really hate it. It was, it was decent. What I do like though is the panini bread though. It's, it's pretty delicious. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I thought that really, uh, you know, for a pre-made sandwich that's sitting in that cooler for, for, you know, for who knows how long, I thought they did a pretty good job on the bread. I I have to agree with you because they easily could have just stuck it on, you know, just like white white plain bread or the bread could have been like kind of stale or whatever. But uh, did they warm yours up for you? I did, yes. I requested it to warm it up. I think they asked me, but yeah. (laughs) That made it nice as well, you know, to just kind of... made the, the sense that the bread was a lot fresher and, and the ingredients were a lot fresher. So you, you were digging the bread, but not so much the turkey and the stuffing part of it. Yes. I, so I, I do like turkey and stuffing, you know, uh, I'll come clean about that right away. Mm-hmm. And this, agree with you, the bread was, was solid, you know, well-made bread, hard to, hard to believe that they've got that, you know, mass produced. I mean, they're, those are all over North America. It was one of the few items that we talked about that you re, we both were able to find. And yet they, they managed to make that bread seem like it's, it's fresh and, you know, came from a local bakery or something, which obviously it hasn't. In terms of the, the filling, so I got the smell of the sage right away, the, the sage and the turkey, the roasted turkey. It was pretty good. And I don't mind like a, you know, an after Thanksgiving sandwich. You do run the risk of when you're putting stuffing in between bread, it, it is a little mushy, like it's bread in between bread. 
Mm -hmm. uh, and so there was that a little bit. Uh, I liked that they had cranberry in it. That gave it a little bit of a, you know, kind of brighter flavor. Um, mm -hmm. And I felt like it could use a little spice though. Like when I make cranberry sauce, I usually add some either chipotle or jalapeno or something like that to it to give it a little zing. And I feel like this would have really elevated the sandwich. Uh, it wasn't bad. I didn't dislike it. The flavor was was good. Um, texture wise, you know, a little mushy, but mm -hmm. um, you know, put a little bit of heat in there. I think it would have been a really solid sandwich. So mm -hmm. um, that that was my thoughts on it anyway. All right. So now uh, time to delve into the sweet part of the show where we uh, are reviewing the Lindor peppermint cookie chocolates. Uh, definitely fits right into the the holiday theme here. Before we talk about that, just a few questions for you, Bromar. What, what snack do you like if you're going to the movies or if you're watching a movie at home? I know popcorn's definitely included there. It's like yep. a must for me. Yeah. And are you just like a, a, a traditionalist, like a butter popcorn, or do you do you know, anything kind of unusual there? I, we, I actually do sometimes unusual with it. I know there's like kind of, I'm trying to think of another. There's many different ways uh, they can season popcorn clearly. Yeah. Uh, they do the hot and spicy one where they just put, I think, chili powder or just like like a spicy powder on top of it. Right. Uh, another one, I don't know if they actually done barbecue before, but I think I've I've heard people done barbecue. But that's one thing I've actually considered at least taking into the movies as some type of barbecue popcorn, even though <laughs> depending on which movie theater you go, you're not allowed to do that. And then other snacks that I do for that one can include like a variety of like popular candy, like Reese's Cups mm -hmm. or Twizzlers, Skittles, mm -hmm. uh, or even gummy bears, M&Ms. All right. So you got the whole kind of the, all the stuff at the concession stand, those classics that we associate with the, uh, the movie theater. Mm -hmm. Now you mentioned Twizzlers. I know there's a, a big debate in the U S about people who are like either very much into Twizzlers or very much into red vines. Do you have, any thoughts on either of those? You like them both? You do you care? <laughs> about I mean, between the two. <laughs> to be fair, I've never heard of red vines. So no kidding. I think okay. it's, yeah. Maybe that's like a, a. I have to check where that's from, but maybe that's like a southern U.S. thing or something like that. But red vines are like the uh, you know the the com big competitor to Twizzlers and. Mm. Um, Actually, I, I don't know if I've ever actually had a red vine. It's, it's, you can't find them up here, but I grew up in the U.S. And, and I certainly saw them, but it was, you know, licorice wasn't my, you know, my go-to if I was getting candy. It was chocolate, so I never had a chance to try them. But uh, in any case, you're, you're a Twizzlers fan until, uh, until you get to try those red vines. Maybe that'll be a future episode we'll record. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, do you have any uh, seasonal snacks that you really like when those that only come out once or twice a year, you know, like... Uh, around Easter or you know Halloween or Christmas, anything that sticks out for you there? I do work at a very high-end restaurant part-time. Oh, and there is this specific type of cheesecake. At least two of them that come out, or actually three. We have two of them that come out for the fall, which is pumpkin and a pumpkin pecan. Okay. And then there's the peppermint one, and which comes out after Black Friday typically. Right. And. I mean, my go-to, at least for the fall one, will be the pumpkin pecan because that's just more of like the complete fall feel. Right. Like, I know people like pumpkin and all that, but the pumpkin pecan gives it more like, oh, you know, your next door neighbor made this, you know, <laughs> oh, pumpkin yeah. pie complete with the crust and everything. Yeah. That's usually my go-to for the fall. And of course, for the winter is the 
peppermint bark in which it's really interesting because I never actually had a peppermint cheesecake before uh, around yeah. the time I heard about it. And then when I first tried it, I was like, you know, this is not too bad. It's sort of, it's basically like the uh, peppermint mocha just in cheesecake form, minus, of course, the coffee. <laughs> right, right. So like a, a chocolatey, pepperminty cheesecake. Yeah. Oh, that does sound really good. That peppermint pecan sounds amazing. Or sorry, yeah, not peppermint pecan, pumpkin pecan, uh, all these P words. Um, yeah. That sounds really good too. Like I, I could definitely see getting into that. Kind of like a, almost like a combination between pumpkin pie and pecan pie and then toss some cheesecake in there too. It's like, how could you go wrong, right? Yeah. <laughs> cool. That sounds great. Um, do you have any foods, that any odd combinations or snacks or treats you like that are unusual? I did uh, use hot sauce and ranch together to make this kind of like hot sauce ranch. Yeah. And then I'll mix them with chicken tenders or like a spicy chicken sandwich to kind of just dip it in there. Okay. And it, it was funny because people actually thought I was weird for mixing <laughs> hot sauce and ranch together in which, I mean, it's just hot sauce and ranch. I mean, if it was like right. mustard and hot sauce, maybe that would be different, <laughs> but this is like two completely normal dressings so yeah you know i don't know if i've ever done it but i can see how it'd be really good i, I like spicy stuff as, as we've already established mm -hmm. uh, i could see that being good like you said to, to dip a sandwich in or maybe um i know some people will dip their pizza in ranch mm -hmm. i feel like maybe the hot sauce addition would maybe cut the richness of the ranch a little bit and, and maybe just make it a little give it a little more zing that that might be really good as well mm-hmm Cool. All right. Well, thank you for the idea. I'm going to write that one down. Um, <laughs> finally, not to get morbid, but let's say you're having a last meal. So you don't have to worry about calories. You don't have to worry about, you know, what you're going to look like the next morning or feel like the next morning. What snacks would be there? <laughs> I'll probably go with like the very like healthy, low carb options just because it's like, well, I mean, I don't need calories anymore. It, <laughs> after after this scenario so i might as well just go ahead and get something that's empty and disgusting or something <laughs> and anything in particular come to mind if you had to if you had to choose is there something that's like that would be my last meal snack maybe something vegetarian like or vegan like Interesting. Uh, i don't know maybe a salad or or like a like a veggie burger or maybe really a possible burger <laughs> Really? That's interesting. Most people, when I ask this question, they go like full out with like, you know, give me like a pizza with like, you know, double the meat, double the cheese and, you know, like a keg of beer and, you know, that kind mm -hmm. of stuff. You're going the other direction. You want to feel good on the way out. Uh, sort of. <laughs> Not really. Uh, I mean, well, the way I see it is, I mean, the more I eat, the more calories I'm going to gain, but, you know, I have to burn those off. So clearly, in order for me to burn those off, I have to be living, of course. Right. But then now that you've mentioned all the meat and stuff they want to stack together, I may, maybe that's a faster way to go out. Maybe the cholesterol <laughs> or heart attack will kill you much earlier. So that's kind of interesting now faster. that I think about it. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, that brings us to the sweet portion of our show. Uh, now for some fun facts about that. Chocolade Fabrican Lint and Sprungli AG, more commonly known as Lint, is a Swiss chocolatier and confectionery company founded in 1845 and known for its chocolate truffles and chocolate bars, among other sweets. 
The origins of the company date back to 1836, when David Sprungli Swartz and his son Rudolf Sprungli Amen bought a small confectionery shop in the old town of Zurich, producing chocolates under the name David Sprungli and Son. Before they moved to Barhat de Platz in 1845, they established a small factory where they produced their chocolate in solidified form in 1838. Upon retirement, the elder brother Johann Rudolf received the chocolate factory. To raise the necessary finances for his expansion plans, Johann Rudolf then converted his private company into Chocolat Sprungli AG in 1899. In that same year, he acquired the chocolate factory of Rudolf Lint in Bern, and the company changed its name to United Bern and Zurich Lint and Sprungli Chocolate Factory Limited. Originally, Lindor was introduced as a bar in 1949 and later in 1967 in the form of a ball. It is now characterized by a hard chocolate shell and a smooth chocolate filling. Okay, so that brings us to the Lindor Peppermint Cookie Chocolate. Tell me, what did you think about this one, Bromar? To be honest, I was expecting like a little kind of peppermint candy, like crunch candy inside the chocolate, but it didn't seem like it had it in there. I think they just kind of melted it and mixed it together within. Yeah, you know, I got the same thing with, uh, I thought it might be a little cruncher. I think I got like a little bit of crunch, almost like it had like a, a some little, like Oreo, like a little bit of Oreo crumbs in there, but not a lot. And the middle was really like, almost like a ganache, like a, a very mm -hmm. soft chocolate. Yeah. Which, you know, it's fine, but I'm not crazy about it. I kind of wished it was like solid chocolate throughout with cookie throughout. Mm -hmm. uh, Despite that, I wasn't crazy about the texture. I wanted more crunch and I wanted it not to be so soft in the middle. It tasted pretty good. You know, it had the, the mint and the chocolate flavor. But what I was hoping for was more like that Girl Scout, you know, chocolate mint cookie. Yes, that that's experience. actually. And yeah, based on the actually... way it was, you know, uh, described, peppermint cookie, that's what I thought I was getting into. And it was close, but it, it didn't quite make it for me. What, what about for you? Like you stated earlier, I was actually expecting something similar to like the Peppermint Girl Scout cookies. Mm. And, or like, what would I say? It was like the York, the York Mint kind of chocolate, okay. at least something similar to that. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't bad. I actually liked this one. I didn't have too many complaints about it. It's just something that I was kind of culture shocked a little bit about. Yeah. So that basically brings us to the, the part where we talk about all these things and, and give them the rating. So as a reminder, one star is not crazy about it, probably wouldn't pick it up again. Two stars is I would definitely look for this particular product again. And three stars is like, oh my God, this is amazing. So starting from the, the peppermint, um, I was going to say peppermint hot chocolate, but the peppermint mocha going on to the sandwich and then the Lindor chocolates, uh, how would you uh, rate these three items, Bromar? So the peppermint mocha, like I said, reminded me a lot of the Hot chocolate with peppermint. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll definitely give it three stars. All right. And then we have the turkey panini sandwich. Right. In which, like I said earlier, I'm not too much of like a turkey or stuffing type person. I don't yeah. really hate it. Uh, I would give it like a one star. I mean, I'm yeah. not too crazy about it. Yeah. And the Lindor chocolate, uh, I'll actually give that one a three also too. Oh, Okay. So even though it wasn't quite what you were expecting and you wanted a little bit more of that Girl, Girl Scout cookie situation, uh, on mm -hmm. its own, you were able to enjoy it and, and enough mm -hmm. to get it again if you had the opportunity. Mm -hmm. Okay, awesome. Well, for myself, the 
peppermint mocha, as I said, uh, you know, it was all good. The, the flavors were on point. I, I enjoyed it. A little bit strong on the mint. I thought they could have maybe dialed that down a little bit. So I'm going to mm. give it a two and a half stars. The sandwich, I think I liked a little bit more than you, but I think I'm a, a little bit you know, more predisposed to turkey and stuffing. I don't know that I would necessarily pick it up again um, just because I don't typically eat, you know, pre-made sandwiches, you know, definitely make them at home, but, but pinch if they're, I was really hungry and, and uh, you know, none of the other sandwiches were looking interesting. You know, I might, it'd be even better if I had a little bit of some pickled jalapenos to toss in there, or maybe a little bit of hot sauce <laughs> in my mm-hmm. bag or something that I could add to it. But I'm going to give the sandwich a two stars. And uh, in terms of the Lindor chocolate, uh, like you, I was expecting something a little different going in. The texture, and I hate to be one of these people that goes on and on about texture, but that really mm-hmm. soft middle, I know some people really love that, but in my chocolates, I'm like, you know, keep it solid all the way through. So I, because hmm, overall the flavor is good. I just, I, I wanted more crunch. I wanted more of those mm-hmm. Oreo crumbs in there or, or whatever it is, the, the, the peppermint cookie part of it. So I'm going to give it a two stars overall mm-hmm. so that's, that's basically the wrap-up of our first christmas episode the first three of the 12 treats of christmas i, I thank you again for uh, helping me out with this and doing all the legwork i know you're a busy guy out there tell me where or tell my audience rather where can we find your show do you have facebook twitter any of those things and uh, if someone wants to download your podcast and, and listen to you talk about stuff uh, where can they do that uh you can find the podcast on anchor is usually where i mainly host my podcast okay uh, you can also find it on apple podcast spotify and google play cool and then i don't necessarily have a twitter page specifically up for it yet but i do use a personal blog account on instagram oh, okay and usually i mean the name changes here pretty frequently so i usually tag in the um my instagram name in the podcast description okay and so- i would also do have a wordpress website for it too just any of just like about it in general, uh, still kind of building around it too. So <laughs> yeah, so still kind of new to this whole thing. And just yeah. so people know, um, it's it's called the Bromar Show, right? Mm-hmm. And that's uh, spelled uh, B-R-O-M-A-R. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Well, guys, we're all in this podcasting game, trying to get other, trying to get people to listen and 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 grow our audiences. So I'd appreciate it if you'd go and give Bromar a chance and listen to one of his shows. And of course, we podcasters appreciate any ratings or reviews you can provide us because that helps other people to discover us as well. So give him a listen, let you know, uh, let him know what you think. And, um, you know, hopefully you'll find a new show that'll become one of your frequent favorites. Uh, anything else you wanted to say, Bromar, before I let you go? Well, Thanksgiving's coming up. Hope you all enjoy this. I'm not sure when, <laughs> if people celebrate Thanksgiving and all that. We all have time differences, of course. Right. And, you know, happy holidays or Merry Christmas and go out there and enjoy some food. (laughs) Awesome. Yeah, it's the time of year when no matter what diet you're on the rest of the year, you have to enjoy some food over the holidays, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's probably why I like it so much. Yeah. (laughs) Cool. Well, uh, thank you again uh, for joining me on the show. I appreciate that. And let's do this again sometime. I hope you found it. It was fun and and worth all the time you put into Uh, it. 
Totally. Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> cool, cool. Glad you enjoyed it. And these will be released uh, in the month of December to kind of, you know, hit, heading up into the into the Christmas holidays, of course. So if I don't talk to you before then, have a happy holidays yourself. Enjoy your Christmas and your New Year's and all the best going into 2020. All right. Thank you. Thanks, man. Have a good one. All right. You too.